0: The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. This morning we have been singing songs of expression related to God's love for us. Last week we began looking at some of the characteristics of God, and we saw last week the greatness of God, and today I want to share and remind us of God's incredible love for us. The songs that we sang, some were old, some were new, Uh, but the fact is they all spoke truth of the expression of God's love for us. There's an old joke. Um, I'm not sure if it was a joke or an illustration, but it goes something like this. There was a, a man and a woman, now empty nesters, sitting in their home in front of the TV one evening, and the wife turns to the husband, and she asks him, honey, do you love me? And to her question, he didn't reply. So, a minute passed, and she asked him again, honey, do you love me? Still no reply. A couple of minutes later passed, and she says, honey, do you love me? And he turns to her and says, I told you 40 years ago on the day I married you that I loved you, and if anything ever changed, I'll let you know. Well, I'm not sure that she was doubting his love. Perhaps she was, but I think what she needed in the illustration was, was the, the assurance, the reassurance of his love for her. And you and I need so much the reassurance of God's love there are so many doubts that come into our minds. Oftentimes, it's doubts within ourselves, our, our worthiness, our merit of God's love. Sometimes circumstances like the one we're going through now, and I'm not sure how you are suffering through these circumstances, but we all are to some degree, and it may be a question of God's love because, God, why would you allow this to happen but we all need the assurance of God's love. This last couple of weeks we have been going through the Psalms every day, uh, five Psalms a day, and we've been morning devotions together every morning at 8 a.m. related to one of the Psalms. And one of the repeated phrases that we continually face within the writings of the Psalm is that God has a steadfast love for us, or a continuing kind of love for us a love that remains constant, and a love that remains the same. As a matter of fact, even in the Psalms, we find that phrase uh, repeated some time, somewhere around 130 times. In, in all of Scripture, we find that phrase or similar phrases to that over 200 times that God expresses that He has a steadfast love for us. The Hebrew word that is translated steadfast love is the word hesed. And really, it, it's, a, it's a combination of two words, and the two words not only have, number one, the, the, the meaning or the expression of the love of God, but the second word that's combined with that speaks of covenant, a covenant kind of love in that God maintains His love to us, God initiated His love to us based on a covenant to us. And we understand that a covenant is very different than a contract. A contract can be broken uh, by one party or the other, and if that contract is broken, then the other individual that entered into that contract has no obligation to keeping that contract. On the other hand, a covenant, which is God's love to us, His covenant love, is, a, is, is one that cannot be broken. He, he has committed in covenant His love towards us. And no matter whether or not we fulfill the end of our agreement in that covenant, God is still obligated to continue to love us unconditionally and in that fashion. Maybe it's a good thing that we've been reading through the Psalms because as of late, I have not felt the love of God. It may shock some of you, but there are days, I'm sure, that all of you face situations or face a time where you do not feel the love of God. But the Bible reminds us that regardless of what we feel or how we are feeling, God's love remains constant to us, and it is there to us continually. In this letter, 1 John chapter 4, take your Bibles and turn there, it's just one passage that expresses uh, God's love towards us. And there are four elements that we're going to look at His love. While there are so many more we could look at, we're limited on time this morning. But there are four things I want to point out to you as John writes in his letter, beginning in verse 7, the kind of love that God has for us, has for you and for me. Remember, this this love that He expresses for us is not one that He responds to our good works or our merit. As a matter of fact, we are far undeserving of the love of God. But God's love towards us, God's love towards you, God's love towards me, God's love towards us before we came to know Christ, and even after we have come to know Christ, is not based on anything that would cause God's response to us to love us. But He has loved us and does love us unconditionally. I want you to look at verses 17 and 18 in chapter 4. It's kind of in the middle of this, but uh, I want to bounce off of this to share with you four elements of God's love. In verses 17 and 18, John writes, he says, "...by this is love perfected within us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because because as He is so, also are we in this world. But there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear." For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, John begins stating that there is a day of judgment coming, and and we can mark it down. There is a day that God is going to judge the world and sin. For those who have trusted Christ and placed their faith in Him and His sacrifice for us and is taking our sins upon Him and paying the penalty and the price for that, we will be be rescued on that day of judgment. We will not face the wrath of God, but for those who have rejected the grace of God those who have, have, have rejected uh, the, 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 the promise that Jesus gave in John chapter 3, 16, that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, uh, for those God's judgment will be meted out on because of their sin. But John assures our hearts as those who have placed our faith in Christ, that we have trusted Him. Perfect love, God's perfect God's complete love, God's love demonstrated in Christ towards us, and as we have received that by faith, that there is no fear in that completed love, so that you and I do not have to live in fear, not only of the day of judgment, but we do not have to live in fear of what tomorrow will hold, because behind what tomorrow brings is God's complete and perfect love. And so John begins to write in this uh, in this brief letter that that there are four ways that that God has demonstrated or this is how God's love looks towards us. The first one that I want to mention to you is number 1 is that this love of God, this unconditional, this covenant kind of love from God has been bestowed on us. In other words, it has been given by his grace and extended towards us. Look what John writes in verse 9. He says, "...in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him." John says that this love of God was manifested, meaning that that something was brought to light, something was given, something was made visible that once was invisible, or another way of putting it this, He has made known that which would otherwise be unknown. What John is saying here is that had God not bestowed on us His love and opened our hearts and our minds to His love, then there's no way we would have ever understood it or known it. God is the initiator in His love towards us, I'm so comforted to know that that when I came to know Christ, when I trusted Him, that God's love towards me did not ramp up a degree after I came to know Him. The Bible teaches that we only respond and love God because God has first loved us. In other words, there is absolutely nothing you and I can ever do that can make God's love either diminish or increase in our lives. Now, for some of us this morning, this phrase "God loves you" may just kind of be passe. Uh, we, we've heard it so much that it's lost its effectiveness. Our, our response, and that that God loves us. I think one of the dangers in the Christian life, especially as we know Him longer, we've walked with Him longer, is that the rich truths, especially of God's love, kind of become old hat they kind of become passe and we can take them for granted. We kind of get in the normality. I love what C.S. Lewis wrote in his book, Screwtape Letters, which is an allegorical fictional conversation between uh, demons. And Screwtape, the, the the elder devil, says to Wormwood in, in the book, his nephew, speaking of Christians, he says, give them normality, give them normality, give them normality. In other words, one of the tactics of the enemy in the body of Christ is to give us normality, that things just become normal, and especially in this idea of the love of God for us, that if it just becomes a cliché, and we don't see the sense of the meaning and the depth of it behind God's love and expression. It just, we just kind of rock along and take it for granted. I think oftentimes that's why our expression in song and worship just becomes kind of rote and passe because it's just become normal and we've come to expect it this way, and we don't hold to the truths that we're echoing in response to God and worshiping Him, particularly in this manner of God's love for us. Second thing is that not only is God's love uh, bestowed on us, excuse me, God's love is, is revealed to us, but it secondly is that it's bestowed on us that God has bestowed His love on us. Listen to what he says in verse 10. He says, "...in this is love, not that we have loved God, but God loved us first." Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 10, he says, "...but God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For while we were still enemies..." We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. You see, while we were still sinners while we were still enemies of God, shaking our fist at God, ignoring God, not even having the first thought of what God's desire and our response to Him would be, not even having a desire to be obedient to God. Before we ever came to know Christ, He took the initiative to die for us, and He bestowed His love upon us. Ravi Zacharias says this, he said, the greatest of loves will often come at the greatest of cost. The greatest of love will never come cheaply. And God's love, so great, came at the greatest cost, the cost of His one and only Son, who was God, very God, who knew no sin. Sin was not in him, yet he extended his love for us in that he laid down his life because of his love for us and desiring for us to have covenant relationship with God, that he was willing to take the penalty for our sins so that we might have God's love abiding in our heart. Paul explains this kind of love in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 18, and, and doing His best to explain the infinite value, the, the the unending kind of love that God has for us. To paraphrase, he, he desires that these believers might know the breadth and the length of God's love. In other words, God's love is unfathomable. We can never really measure out God's love. He prays that we might know the height, and the depth of God's love, meaning that God's love is really unsearchable. We will never fully comprehend it. Oh, the love of God, he says, it surpasses knowledge and is beyond comprehension. The third way that John demonstrates God's love for us is that it is abiding, meaning that that it is, it is an ever-present kind of love, regardless of whether you or I feel God's love, it is continually abiding. Listen to what he says in verse 13. He says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. God has sealed us in the Spirit, Ephesians that he has given that to us permanently and it's by the spirit he goes on to say verse 14 and he and we have been uh, we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world verse 15 whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of god god abides in him and he in god so we have come to know and to believe the love of god that he has for us God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as He is, so also we are in this world. You see, God's love is abiding in us, and He abides in us by the Holy Spirit of God, and Christ Himself takes up residence. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 5 that God has spread the love abroad in our hearts. Lastly, He tells us that this love is assuring. Look what He says in verse 17. He says, "...by this is love perfected with us." So that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in the world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. And so we see in this passage that whether we feel it or not, whether we sense it or not, whether we feel unworthy of God's love. And by the way, we all are unworthy of God's love. But that magnifies His love even more in that we were not worthy of it. We could not do anything to earn it. But God in His grace has bestowed His love on us. We need to be reminded this morning that God loves us, that He loves us unconditionally, He loves us deeply, He has initiated His love towards us, He has revealed it to us, and He desires that we abide in His love. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would permeate our hearts with the truth of Your steadfast love towards us. God, Your love is one of the reasons You are so great, and God, I pray that we with our hearts this morning, God, would would worship You. God, would express gr- glory and honor to Your name, God, because You do love us. Now, Lord, we're human. And God, I'm human. And, and Lord, sometimes I I need that sense. I need the feeling of, if you will, Your incredible love towards me. And so, God, I pray for myself this morning, and I pray for others that may be in that same experience that that I find myself in today. God, that I would not, um, uh, God, just uh, uh, depend totally on feelings, but God, that I would rest the truth of your love in your Word. And so, God, I pray for each of us, Lord, that you would cause us to feel and sense your love today. God, we do need that. And so, Lord, we ask that in Christ's name. Amen. I just want to say a couple of words to you in closing. If you have prayer requests this morning, or if you're joining us and, and you've never come to know Christ, on our website, www.firstconyers.com, uh, there is a place there that you can send us your information. It's called Connect with First Conyers, and you can send us your prayer request, or if you desire to know more about experiencing God's love through a relationship with Christ. You just let us know there, and we'll get back to you. God bless you. God keep you. May His face shine upon you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.